Hey friends, this is Shannon Early, your hostess of Nesting with the Early Birds, and I'm so thankful you came back. For those of you that are new, welcome to the show. For my returning listeners, all seven of you guys, thank you for being uh, so consistent in your downloads and your listens. It really makes me feel so great. And as long as I have you seven each week, I'm going to definitely continue recording. So I wanted to talk to you guys uh, about something that, again, you know how I do. I like to push buttons just a little bit just to get things off my breast. Uh, And I wanted to talk to you guys about the big A. The big A, a.k.a. adoption and abortion. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. I'll be with you guys in just a second. By the way, everybody, have you ever thought about maybe supporting an artist? What about being a patron of the arts? Well, guess what? There is literally something called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can actually support my podcast via Patreon. The The link can be found inside this episode. It can also be found on my website, nestingwiththeearlybirds.com. And remember, early is spelled E-A-R-L-E-Y. But even something as simple as a dollar a month, two dollars a month, $3,000 a month, whatever you feel like doing would be a huge blessing. Thanks so much. I'll be with you right now. All right, guys. So today I wanted to talk to you about abortion, adoption, fostering, and basically just how I want you guys to give me all the babies. <laughs> I know that so many of these topics can be taboo. I mean, just talking about abortion already, I'm sure there is some sort of visceral response that you have, whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, whether you're agnostic, whether you're Christian, atheist, whatever it is, I am sure that when I say the word abortion, you already have a really strong opinion either way on how you feel about it. And I do too. What about adoption? Do you guys have the same strong opinion? Do you feel like whatevs about it? Do you feel like you have a strong calling in order to do that. I mean, think about that. Uh, one of them is technically killing something that is alive, right? So whether you think it's a fetus, a baby, whatevs, I mean, you are terminating it. You are killing this biological cell pre- reproduction growth situation. Adoption, you're killing nothing, man. You're killing the stereotype of a kid growing up in the foster system. I can tell you that right now. You're also killing the chance for that kid to not be loved. You are providing love for that kid. What about fostering? For those of you that might be in between, hey, fostering, excellent, excellent choice. Probably even just as difficult as the other two, guys, because again, you're choosing to love the child and possibly have the child taken away, and that's not your choice. So whichever personal belief that you may hold, I assure you, I have no ill intent or attitude to whatever you might think, you know, whoever goes against what I have to say, I have nothing against it. Okay. As a mom of four children and also as a grown woman, I wanted to remind you guys, I didn't used to always be a Christian. That didn't happen until I was in my young twenties, but I was a teenager for a very short time in my life, AKA what, six years, they were probably the shortest yet most intense 
time of my life. Like those years were insane, right? And I'm sure they were for so many of you. We're still young, trying to figure out our life, but also having to do school and maybe balance a job, figuring out, you know, dating, relationships, rebelling, learning to be our own person. Like those years are so insane. So I remember that. And I just want to let you guys know as a backstory, you know, I do understand what it is like to be somebody that is just overwhelmed with decision and inexperience. And honestly, I still feel that way as a mom of four. I haven't been to certain points in my life that some of you families may have been, you know, you might have kids that are in college. I am not there yet. So I'm not pretending to know anything. And I also understand that people fight passionately for the right of women to make choices over their own bodies. And like, who could argue against that, right? Like none of us want any sort of intrusion on our personal space, right? Nobody wants to be, you know, forced to do anything with their own body or touched, anything like that. Nobody wants to be forced into doing something we wouldn't want to do. And I get that. And as a survivor of rape and a survivor of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, guys, I want you to know that I also get the reasons to not want to, I wanted to let you guys know that as a survivor of rape, a survivor of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, I wanted you guys, you friends to know that I probably understand more than you can even imagine uh, the arguments against attacks on women's personal choice, okay? I understand that. But also as a survivor of abuse, or rape, or whatever, all of these personal attacks towards my own space, these personal attacks against my choices, these attacks against my freedom. I mean, these things, the sexual abuse, these things stained my very soul, okay? Like, they are blemishes on my soul that will be with me until I die. And... I want you to know that these attacks were not only towards me, but they were attacks towards my very own life. Like my life as in, I don't want to die. Please don't kill me. My life, my being here on this earth right now. I literally have had moments where that might have not been the outcome. So I want you to understand that though I understand the, deci the decision for a woman to be able to make her own choice. I also understand the fight to want to live in the fight for survival. And I also want you to understand that like when I was, when I'm talking about fighting for my life and making a choice to live, right? Being pro-life, it wasn't something like, oh, well, this is an embarrassment that I need to take care of, or this is an inconvenience or a problem that I could handle with a trip to the doctors. Like, no, the, these were serious problems where I could have been killed. And I want you to know that because of this, I believe that life is so very important. I believe that life is a miracle and all life is worth fighting for. Okay. Maybe you guys that are listening out there, right? Or maybe you'll be reading this blog post later or something. Maybe you don't have the belief that we are all created in God's image, you know? I mean, the Bible does say that 
God created them, man and woman. He created them in his image. Maybe you don't think I get it because I'm a Christian that like I pot, I couldn't possibly understand what it would be like for a rape survivor to come to terms with carrying a child born of rape or wedlock or undesirable timing. But you guys also cannot deny the beauty that there is in a newborn babe, the helplessness, the softness, the newness. It's like if you ever gone to the beach and you haven't been there in a really long time and you see the ocean waves and it the sight before you is just magnificent. It's awe-inspiring. And you think, man, I wish I could always feel this way about the ocean. Wow, like this, this feeling of beauty and just creation and majesty before me. That's what it's like when you welcome a new child into your life or just a new child into this world. They are majestic like the sight of the ocean. They are a small foretaste of heaven. Guys, when you smell the top of a newborn baby's head, yes, queen. When you see their first smile or their first steps, their first laugh, and the newness of this child, you now have an opportunity to pour love into their lives in a way that maybe you yourself hadn't even received, you know? Like, all we can do as parents is try to do a little bit better than our parents before us did, you know? There are so many families out there also that would do anything to have the opportunity to love a new babe. There are so many women and men that would care for that child or die for that child if they were just given the opportunity, given the chance. And so many women and men are suffering with infertility or other health issues where they can't even have a baby. And then there are women out there that are aborting this very same child that would 100% be loved and welcomed into their family. You guys, the idea of just having your child aborted or killed because of lack of resources, lack of timing, or just not having the best circumstances, you know, we need to make an effort, a team effort to make this an easier choice for women to keep their child. A big part of it is also just the stereotypes of girls that you see that are pregnant, women that you see that are pregnant based on their life circumstances at the time. Maybe that you think they're too young or maybe they have a drug problem. Maybe they're in an abusive marriage. There are so many different reasons that a woman has to deal with being pregnant in the public eye, and they're not all because she's pregnant out of a loving, healthy relationship. We need to work on just giving so much more support and care and understanding for women in these circumstances. You know, tell ladies that, you know, abortion is not just a form of birth control. Explain to them the steps of adoption. Explain to the women that are worried about it, that, hey, you know what? This child is a blessing. And whether you choose to raise this child as your own or not, this child has a purpose in this world. And there is somebody out there that will love this child. Maybe when people go into some uh, a clinic like the Planned Parenthood, for instance, yes, counseling for abortion services. I know that that is something that the girls receive, right? That women receive. But also maybe it would be really cool if there was some person that was in charge of the adoption system and they were like, hey, guess what? 
We already have this gigantic book of families for you to look through. They've all been vetted. They've had their background checks and all of them are willing to pay your medical services 100%. Guess what? You don't even need to be drug tested. They just want this baby. There is no shame with what you're going through. You know, maybe have something like that where it can make the choice of adoption so much easier. Maybe have something where there are uh, girls that really can go and get all of this information that, that, that they need right there and also see that there is this loving, loving system that is there to support them. You know, it, it really stinks for so many women where they do become pregnant, right? And they are scared or whatever, and they're not sure what they're going to do. And all of a sudden, there is this visible outward sign that, yep, they made a mistake. But the guy, the guy can just go off and make a thousand more quote unquote mistakes with women. And he just walks away scot-free. He doesn't look any different. There's no sign that he uh, made this gigantic life decision hastily. There's no sign of it. He just looks the same. As a matter of fact, there can be women that are impregnated by the same man in the same week period. It's terrible. It's not right. And then here this woman is, she's the one with the tarnished reputation. And she's the one with the sign of new life that's being created inside of her. And she's the one, depending on her status or her age, her income level, her clothing, she's the one that gets judged right away. The one that when people are out and about, they see her and they make a split second decision to either fawn over her or frown upon her behind her back. So. When Evan and I were first married, and by the way, Evan had already known way in the beginning that I wanted as many children as God would give me. I was like, yo, if he wants to give me a million babies, I'm going to take care of all of them. And he kind of was like, you know, I think that two kids would be totally enough. Like that was his satisfaction number. He comes from a family where there's two boys in it, you know, so for him, two kids is enough. And I'm like, no way, dude, four minimum. What are you talking about? Like, I wanted to be the kind of person. Okay, you know how when you see somebody that is Jewish, generally they will have the yarmulke. They're, they're wearing an outward sign. They are Jewish. Or if a person is Muslim, the women generally will have their hair covered. You know, I was like, man, Christians don't have any kind of outward sign. Like, okay, Amish people, sure. But like, we don't have any outward sign except being the weirdos that have gigantic families. I was like, I'm going to wear this as my sign, you know. I was just really into having as many children as I possibly could. I'm the oldest of four kids. I've always done babysitting. I just, I like children, you know? Anyways, he finally was like, you know what? Two is all that is good for me. Three maximum, you know? So about six months into our marriage, Evan was definitely not ready to have babies yet. He was still working on multiple degrees. He's like the educated guy, you know, where I'm like, let me do your hair. I'm a hairstylist. Let's talk about your hair. Oh, you want to do your nails? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe Tommy did that to Ricky, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so totally different worlds, you know. And he wasn't ready to have babies yet. But I was like, you know, just in case one day down the road, he decides he wants to have a baby with me. I want to make sure that I am physically cool to have a baby. Like I knew that my great aunt was never able to have children and she was a hairstylist actually. And she traveled the world, you know, but it was still a sad thing for her. She couldn't have children. And uh, I just wanted to see like, what's the deal? I just wanted to get prepared to be 
hurt or happy, you know? And I went to the doctors. Um, I found an OBGYN and I basically told her like, hey, I'm married. I just want to get everything checked out. Make sure it's good to have babies. And she was like, yeah, by the way, by the way, she was this German doctor, hardcore. I really liked her. She had the most terrible bedside manner, but she was so strong. She was like a whirlwind force to be reckoned with kind of person, like the kind of lady you want on your side as a doctor, you know, the one that doesn't take no for an answer from other doctors. Like the people she worked with were very stressed out around her because she was very, you know, like succinct and critical. I don't know, critical, cynical, whatever. She was a critic of what people were doing. And uh, so I, th- I loved her. I thought she was great. And uh, the first time I met her, she was around 65 years old and she comes, she comes in wearing these stiletto shoes. Like this chick was a boss bee. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, she tells me without any feathery, beautiful words that she's like, you know, you have severe PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. She's like, basically there's so many cysts on your ovaries that your chances of becoming pregnant are slim to none. She hands me a pamphlet and pieces out. And I was like, what? It was one of those feelings where it's like the surroundings are getting blurrier and blurrier and you feel just rooted to your seat and confused and kind of sick to your stomach. My heart was beating fast and I was like, what's going on? And I start reading this pamphlet and it basically starts talking about how PCOS uh, lessens your chances of becoming pregnant because you have an alteration in your hormone levels. So it affects your period regularity. And that's a big deal about getting pregnant. You know, you have to have an actual egg released for those of you that don't know in order to become pregnant. And it's generally a monthly thing. Well, with women with PCOS, it's not a monthly situation all the time. They're very irregular periods. Our hormone levels are just shattered all the time. We grow hair in places that women generally do not grow hair. And uh, we have a problem losing weight. There's just a lot of really exciting things going on with it. And they basically told me, you know, that there was going to be a lack of released eggs that could even become fertilized. And I just, I was punched in the stomach, you know. I just didn't understand it. I was like, how could this happen? You know, I had this dream of having children with my husband and it just felt shattered. And I called Evan to come home from work because I I just couldn't stop crying, you know. And I know that I'm a Christian and it's kind of embarrassing sometimes when you're like, I was really sad, but I was really sad. You know, like I still trusted God, but I was still really sad. And so that night we just started praying, you know, we were like, Lord, we don't understand why you would put the idea of having so many children on my heart, but then not provide a way for me to do that. And we prayed that he would lead us and show me that, you know, show me why was this put on my heart. And at the end of our prayer, we basically felt comfortable and confident that God had wanted us to, yeah, have many children, but through way of fostering children. You know, we knew that adoption was something we could never afford. If you look into it, it's about $35,000 to start. And basically, you don't want to go the cheap route because you could get super scammed. So um, it's $35,000 to adopt unless you adopt through the foster system, 
which is really great. The foster system provides that, you know, that you can adopt for significantly less, I think sometimes even free through their system. However, there's no guarantee there either. And anyways, I was like confident that Evan and I would foster like thousands of children in the greater Richmond, Virginia area. And I would become the mother of thousands of kids and boom, dynamite. Everything made sense. We were going to foster kids one day. I was so pumped. And we felt really comfortable with it. We were like, all right, Father, thank you for showing us this, you know. And so Evan and I kind of were like, you know what, though? Like, since we can't get pregnant, we might as well, you know, quote, unquote, try. Which also, that's really awkward and, like, cringy. And people are like, "Mm, we're trying. It's like, ew, gross. I know what you're telling me. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. Anyways, we were like, whatever happens, happens. You feel me? And um, Evan was still working on multiple degrees, and he kept trying to apply for new jobs. Our income was extremely low. Um, It was extremely low. As an apprentice, which is a person that is learning a trade, you get paid like the lowest possible minimum wage you can. And at the time... My payment was $7.15 an hour. And you got to think this was back in like 2009, 2008, 2009, and 2010, right? So in Virginia, that still wasn't a lot of money. Like you couldn't really travel anywhere. I think like in New York, it was already at least 10, 15 bucks, you know? So it was crazy. Anyway, so I was making minimum wage and he was basically making the lowest amount he possibly could. And the job he was at, And after two months of just seeing what would happen, I became pregnant. And we were like, what? And before I told Evan, like, it sounds kind of crazy, but I was really worried for about telling him. I was like, oh man, like, he's going to think I tricked him. (laughs) Like, he's going to be like, what the heck? You told me it was going to be impossible. And here we are a month and a half in and you're expecting like, what? And uh, when I told him, he was definitely in a state of shock. Like, it was one of those things where if it was a movie, you could imagine him him being like, you're pregnant, 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 pregnant. Like, it just, you know, echoing in his head. Um, He was in shock. But then, you know, we kept praising God and we were like, thank you, Lord. Like, your timing is perfect and you're all good and all knowing and thank you. And, you know, then we even prayed, you know, if God would allow it. You know, please, Lord, would you let this be a little girl? You guys, he let our first child be a girl. He didn't even have to let me get pregnant, okay? Like, I still know he loved me, and I loved him. He didn't have to do that. That was just such a blessing. And then to let me have a girl, too, it was like, whoa, what an abundance of blessing. Like, I couldn't believe it. And that's our sweet Evangeline, you know? And she's the oldest of four of our children now. Um, I am unable to have more children, which... We will talk about it in another episode because it still pricks my heart. You know, I'm stuck in this state of thankfulness, but also the state of kind of sadness, you know, and our youngest is uh, just turned three. So they are three, five, seven, and nine, which I love doing that. There's like one point a year in a three month span where our kids sound like they are exactly two years apart. And I kind of feel like a gangster. I'm like, yeah, we planned this uh, perfectly. The one, three, five, and seven. You know, I loved it. Anyways, um, so 
all that to say, um, I have been on kind of all the sides, I guess, you know? Like, I understand about being pregnant not the right time. I understand what it's like to really want a child and think I couldn't have one. And I just want to remind you guys, um, I still want children, so give them all to me. <laughs> I even tell my sister, so I'm 35, my sister's 17, which she gets so embarrassed, like, for a while she didn't even want to tell people she had a sister because I was so old. <laughs> but I'll tell her and her friends, like, I said, get pregnant, you know, please keep the baby. If you don't want it, we'll, we'll take care of the baby, like, we promise. And that's just kind of what I want to let people know. And I think that's the support that people, you know, real women need to know. Hey, you know, hey, Janet, if you get pregnant and you're scared, reach out to me. Like, oh, hey, Suzanne, I promise I will take care of this baby and support you through whatever you're going through. You know, we will pay your medical expenses. We'll figure it out. And, you know, these people need to know that. And boys need to know men need to know they need to be there when that lady makes that decision you know ugh the whole thing it's terrible guys because obviously no one can like no one can deny that a baby is a wonderful miracle even if they don't want that miracle for themselves you know so thank you for listening to episode, I don't even know the number anymore, of Nesting with the Early Birds with your hostess, Shannon Early. And again, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to me, please do so. I love answering emails at nestingwiththeearlybirds at gmail.com. And early is E-A-R-L-E-Y. Thank you so much. And remember, God totally loves you all the time.